Hello, and welcome back to Cinema at First Sight. Today, I am joined by a very special guest star, Fran. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Oh, pleasure. Oh, thank you. So, if this is your first time tuning in, I'll just explain the premise of the podcast. On this, we like to be quirky. We don't like to be like other podcasts. We review movies based on their first half, or TV shows based on their pilot episodes, and make snap judgments about them and review them based on as little information as possible. So that's what we're going to do today. The movie that we're tackling is Star Wars. Fran, you have quite the relationship with the franchise. Yeah, I love Star Wars. It's part of my childhood. Basically watch every movie every year. Oh, I love that. I feel like a lot of people, it's kind of become a staple of, yeah, their childhood, their life. Weirdly, hasn't been for me. So that brings us to our first question, which is, is this a rewatch or is this a first time watch? Obviously. Rewatch, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, For me, this is a first time watch. It's it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I've gone 22 years without watching arguably one of the most famous movies ever made. But did you idea the premise of Star Wars? Okay, look. I know Luke Skywalker. I know Carrie Fisher. Yep. Princess Leia. Okay, you're doing the character. Space Buns. Yep. I know Darth Vader. Mm. What do they do? You tell me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, a war in the stars. I'm thinking it's set in the sky. Mm. That's literally all I know. I know, like, famous lines. I don't even know what movie this is from, but Carrie Fisher's like, I love you, and Harrison Ford's like, I know. Okay, yeah. 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 I'm, so I don't know much. But I know it exists, and I know that I'm out of the loop. Mm. So I'm very excited today to actually be in the loop. The Star Wars that we are watching is the first one from 1977. I was very confused trying to find it online. I just typed in Star Wars, and apparently that wasn't enough. It's Star Wars A New Hope Episode 4. Yes. I'm assuming because there are prequels. Yeah, which were filmed in the late 1990s. And early 2000s. Are they the Natalie Portman ones? Yes. Oh, look at me. And it's got that guy who can't act. Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Used to be married to Rachel Bilson from the OC, so that's how I know who he is. Anyway, let's get into it. I have stopped an hour and two minutes in, so I only know what happens in the first half and genuinely have no idea how it's going to end. Mm. So I'll start by covering some basic plot points. I'm going to keep it pretty basic because, as we have mentioned, it's Star Wars, an iconic movie that everyone in the world has seen except for me. So I'm not going to go into a detailed account. But in summary, it's about an intergalactic civil war between the rebel spies and the intergalactic empire over a super powerful weapon slash space station called the Death Star, which has the potential to destroy the whole planet. And undercover, a spy rebel princess, Leia, steals the plans to the Death Star. However, on her way home, is intercepted by an Imperial Star Destroyer sent by world's worst villain, Darth Vader. Before she's captured, she hides the plans inside the memory system of an android called R2-D2 who escapes to another planet with his fellow android, C-3PO. I'm very proud of myself for actually knowing who these people are. On this new planet, they're captured by these rat-looking bros in hoods called Jawas? Mm -hmm. Yes. And sold to a couple of farmers and their nephew, Luke Skywalker. Surely you've heard of him. Luke kind of befriends the androids and inside R2-D2 finds the plans along with a hologram of Princess Leia asking Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi to take said plans back to her dad on her home planet, Alderaan? Yeah. 
Yes. Killing God, it. I'm so good. We should go to a trivia night and <laughs> smash it. They stumble across Obi, who mansplains how to harness power from a metaphysical energy field called the Force. Mm-hmm. And the two decide to journey together to Alderaan after Darth Vader's little minions called Stormtroopers, who are identical to the guys in white suits from the Capitol in the Hunger Games, after they kill his aunt and uncle in search of the plans. Classic revenge mission. <laughs> To help them, they hire a wanted smuggler, Han Solo, played by Harrison Ford, and escape with his Wookiee and co-pilot Chewbacca, who's basically just like a giant shaggy tree trunk, on their ship, the Millennium Falcon. And that's officially the halfway point and today where we leave off. Ooh, what a mouthful. Truly. There are so many technical terms in Star Wars and just so many names for so many things, it's kind of hard to keep track of, so very proud of myself for taking detailed notes. If you continue with your Star Wars journey, there's a lot that you're going to have to fill out on because it's a big, expansive universe with a lot of lore. Great. I was worried that this was the extent of it. I'm glad it gets harder. It gets harder. Keeps me on my toes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so first question favorite slash most exciting slash most pivotal moments i'll let you take it away because i've basically been monologuing about the plot so go for it what are some of your favorite moments so one of my favorite moments is when luke gets his lightsaber from obi-wan and yes. obi-wan says it's a weapon of a more elegant time oh sorry more civilized time correct myself remember the quote and everything yeah 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 it's a nice touch but it also it's a parallel to what the prequel show which is just war mm. and death big themes it's in the title yeah also it kind of shows on that hope there's still some hope yeah for a new generation of jedi yeah yeah it's also from his father right the lightsaber yeah so gets us thinking about who his father might be who knows you don't know i don't know i mean we'll get to it later but maybe maybe i do know so yeah i have quite a few favorite moments but the moment i find most pivotal Mm. I weirdly kind of think it's almost pivotal. I feel like this movie has a lot of pivotal moments. So I've written down like the beginning when the entire movie is set up and Princess Leia is captured. Obviously that's pivotal because without her being captured, there is no plot. There is no mission. Exactly. I put when they discover the hologram that's inside R2-D2 because without that discovery, Luke and Obi-Wan Kenobi would have no mission again. Yeah. I think when Luke's auntie and uncle are killed, it's pivotal because that kind of gives Luke an incentive to yeah. go and start this revenge mission. And then when they enlist the help of Han Solo, it's pivotal because I'm guessing, based on my passive knowledge of Star Wars over the years, that Han Solo becomes a major character. Maybe. You, you don't know. I mean, you don't know that. You don't know yet. I don't want to make any assumptions. No, absolutely not. No. What moment do you think is most pivotal? That's a big question. It's a big question. I couldn't narrow it down. I just basically listed every single plot point. Yeah, um... Also, I think everyone kind of, like, pushes Luke towards this path. Yeah. Whether he knows it or not, mm. as well. Which, as a viewer, you can see is happening, but Luke is naive, and he's just keen to do stuff as well. Yeah. I have, like, a lot of favourite moments, so get flattered that I'm a fan of your favourite movie. That's, I'm impressed. <laughs> yes, thank you. I was honestly kind of worried that I wasn't going to like it, and yeah, that this I, podcast would be terribly awkward. Yeah, I thought you wouldn't like it either. Yeah. For some reason, I was like, I don't think this is going to be your thing. Yeah, I don't even know what my thing is, but... I, I enjoyed it. Mm. Um, spoiler alert. So, some of my favourite things. The first thing I have is just, like, the opening and the theme song. 
That's a classic. Yeah. It's a classic. I have heard it before. And obviously, like, the iconic scrolling yellow font has yeah. become a staple in popular culture. It's literally a free iMovie effect now. Yeah, it like, is. Like, it's everywhere. It's saturated. I'm pretty sure I used it in a U7 presentation. I definitely have also, probably without knowing what it was. <laughs> but honestly, it's an effective way of helping me know what's going on. As we were saying before, there are a lot of different names for different things and technical terms. And I looked on the Wikipedia page before <laughs> I watched the movie and understood literally nothing. It was just complete gibberish to me. But having that little intro scrolling text telling me the premise and the setup really helped introduce me to this world. Also, like, different perspectives. Like, as a kid, I would not read that. Because I'm like, yeah. obviously, I'm like, I don't want to read. You're like, that's a lot of words. I just want to see the fighting. 100%. Lightsabers, that's all I want. Yeah. So, you know, it appeals to a lot of different audiences. Yeah. The youth and the people who don't understand what's going on and need some textual assistance. Yeah, also the theme song, amazing. I get why it's a thing. Yeah. It's very epic, which sets the tone and was weirdly nostalgic for me, even though I've never seen it before. <laughs> like, this is some nostalgia idea. Yeah, I was like, wow, it's taking me back to my childhood, even though this was never a part of my childhood. Um, So it really kind of has a great way of conjuring different emotions and memories and excitement. And yeah, it just is a great springboard for the movie. Mm. Um, I also like the pace. It is usually very quick paced Star Wars movies. Exactly, yeah. So a lot happens very quickly, but not in a way that's difficult to understand. Mm. It's still very approachable and yeah, I thought it was going to be kind of boring, to be honest. I thought yeah. it was going to be bored, but it's fun. Yeah. So I like the tone as well. It's got that like epic sci-fi action adventure, adventure kind of thing, which appeals to certain audiences. Not always my thing, Yeah. but lightens that with comedy and doesn't take itself seriously. It definitely could. Mm. But it doesn't, which is great. There's a lot more humor than I thought there would be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially in C-3PO. Like, C-3PO is very annoying, but is also kind of a meme. And the fact that he's <laughs> annoying becomes, like, a self-referential joke and everyone tells him to shut up all the time, as they should. Yeah. Which I really enjoyed. And I wrote down a specific comedic moment that I liked. I said at one point they hit up a bar and there's just a bunch of, I guess, aliens, because they're on a different planet. Yeah. Just playing the saxophone. That's the best song in the whole it's series. It's so good. <laughs> completely random, completely iconic. It's honestly a really good song. Comedy gold. I should download it. Spotify? You can, you can get it on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for introducing me to my next obsession. I also wrote down, maybe controversially, but it is one of my favourite things, the terrible, terrible effects. Yeah. But also it's the sign of the times as well. 100%. I mean, it is made in 1977, so at the time it was probably great, groundbreaking yeah. technology. But watching it now, it does look very naff, which is very, very funny. Yeah, by today's standards, kind of endearing. Mm. I liked it. Even the uh, costume design on the uh, Stormtroopers compared to now. Like, yeah. the Stormtroopers just like in this movie look like they're just wearing plastic. They really, really do. Whereas, like, new ones, it looks like proper metal, the armor. Yeah. So it looks decent. And another thing you'll notice if you continue in your Star Wars journey, mm -hmm. all the movies usually start with a battle ah. at the, after the opening credits in the sky. Over a planet. I mean, that is the title, so I'm glad they do that. Yeah, it's a very, it's a reoccurring theme. Interesting. In the of one of the films, yeah. Fun fact. It I'm glad fun fact. you're here to help me out with extra side trivia. Because I would know nothing. Yeah, you'd just be talking about the plot. You'd yeah. Just, you'd just be <laughs> Star Wars. I'd reenact it. I'd remake Star Wars on air. Um, I also said that the Jawas are really funny. <laughs> They're just like hooded little rodent memes. 
I like to collect shit. They love it, and they just sound like a combination between Minions from Despicable Me Mm -hmm. and also Sims. Absolutely. They just kind of cower together and go... And it's a bit of a deep cut, but they also remind me of the genetically modified Peanuts from the Proud Family movie, if you've seen that. (laughs) Not many people have. But um, every referential comparison I've just made is 100% a compliment. Yeah, I feel like it's compliment. And just on a selfish level, my favourite part is that I'm able to hear the origin of iconic lines that I've heard throughout my entire life. Like, you know, the force. I've heard that one before. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, (laughs) force be with you, that kind of thing. And when Obi-Wan uses said force and is like, these are not the droids you're looking for. Another iconic line. Yeah, Yeah. my family say that all the time. To be honest, I thought that was from, like, Blues Brothers or something. I had no (laughs) idea. And now... Flipping it on its head, complete opposite. What are some of our least favorite moments, or moments that we find least exciting or least pivotal? It's um, gonna be hard for you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Why, why don't you go first? I'll have to narrow it down. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, least pivotal, just from a plot perspective. I said that I feel like everything's been pretty pivotal so far. In the first hour, we've got a pretty comprehensive introduction to life on several different planets. Yeah. So it's introduced us to the universe well, and also given us a high stakes intergalactic civil war plot. So I'd say that's time well and efficiently spent. I can't really think of anything that doesn't need to be in there. Yeah. I guess one of my least favorite parts is when Atutitu gets like goes away and looks for everyone, and then Luke gets attacked by the Sand People. Oh yeah, yeah. I for some reason I didn't really like that part. Like it has to be in it, but I just don't find that as enjoyable. I get that. Yeah, yeah. I have a few things that um are my least favorite things, but I understand why they're in there. So I mean, just from a personal empathetic perspective, I don't like when Luke's auntie and uncle are killed. Yeah. It's a pivotal moment. I it's one of the most pivotal moments, but it's sad. And the burnt skeletons. Yeah, yeah, and they seem really cute and nice, and they don't deserve death. They haven't done anything wrong. Also, this is probably a bit of tea, but it's a least favorite moment for me because Mark Hamill's acting in that scene when he discovers it is a bit rough. He just kind of stares at the wreckage of the farm with no expression and then looks away. He doesn't even dramatically look away. He very much could have. I feel like this movie could get away with like a hammy soap opera moment because it's like an epic space opera. It could have worked totally in context, but he just casually looks down. I'm like, okay, Mark, great job. (laughs) Where's your Oscar? Conveying a lot of emotion in that scene. It's it's all happening internally. It's, yeah, yeah. it's really deep. It's natural acting. Um, that actually brings me to another point. The acting. I'm not going to say it's a least favourite moment. And it's not bad overall. It's just not really anything. Like, I don't notice anyone's performance. It, no one's really standing out or making interesting character choices. They're just kind of there. Yeah. But also, to be fair, apart from that moment I just talked about where Luke's auntie and uncle are killed, there's nothing to really showcase anyone's acting chops yet. So that may happen in the second half. I would say definitely does, yeah. Okay. Like, you get to see the humour of Han. I'm excited for that, yeah. We've only really just met him. Yeah, so, like, I'm gonna give you a bit of a spoiler. A bit of a spoiler. Yeah, so, spoiler alert, they get Princess Leia. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh my god! I wouldn't have called it. So, basically, Luke's going to find her, and there's obviously clone troopers in this prison bay. Han shoots them all, and there's someone on the comms asking what's the problem. And he's like, oh, no problem, no problem. No need for backup. How are you? Ah, uh, I like it. Obviously, he does it in a more comedic way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Also, yeah, I know Harrison Ford's a really good actor, and mm. I'm excited to see that. Um, another least favorite moment, I guess. This is picky, but C3PO's voice. I just don't like C3PO as a whole. 
Interesting. Oh, a little insight into who you're going to list as a least favorite character. He just gets in the way. I get it. I I said like, why does he talk like a posh butler? There's no need <laughs> for that choice. That's unnecessary. No matter what comes out of his mouth, I just want to slap him. Like, who does he think he is? Combined with the fact that he's gold, he's just like radiating way too much of a high status energy for me for a random side android. So he's like too upper class. For you. Yeah, he has just too much of an ego. He's too pretentious. Just be like R2-D2, he's chill. He's humble. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard him utter a word and that's how I like it. I like my androids silent. Oh yeah, and this isn't necessarily a least favourite moment. And it's not even something I necessarily dislike, but it's just like an observational critique. Mm. The dialogue, a lot of the time, is very, very kind of stiff ah. and unrealistic. So everyone is very verbose and uses very technical language that is quite removed from reality, which makes sense, I guess, because we're not in the reality of Earth. We're in a different galaxy. But um, I wrote down a specific example oh. because extension English dies hard. Mm. Um, is a scene where one of Darth Vader's minions is starting to mouth off. So he could have said something along the lines of, stop trying to intimidate us. You don't know anything. But he instead says, don't try to frighten us with your sorcerous ways, Lord Vader. Your sad devotion to that ancient religion has not helped you conjure up the stolen data tapes or given you clairvoyance enough to find the hidden fort. <laughs> like, why do you need to speak like that? No one says that. It's like George Lucas was at 500 words of his 1000 word essay and he just really wanted to hit that he word limit. Home, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've all been there. But at the same time, I find it funny how removed from reality it is i've found that like a point of comedy so i'm not saying i would want it to change <laughs> no but it's obviously built on the plot of like what the jedis are and what the force is yeah okay moving on favorite characters this is a fun one <laughs> obviously you have han and luke in there i also like a lot of the uh x-wing pilots that you'll meet later on oh okay that are in the rebel force um, that's I, the good one, so yeah. Really good one, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also do like Darth Vader. Okay. Oh, yeah. controversial. It's like a Slytherin approach. It is Slytherin approach. <laughs> I think he's just such this really big, powerful figure. He is. I've got to respect someone who takes up their space and doesn't apologize for it. He's got a cool suit. He does. I think he's a kid. I was like, he's that's sick. Yeah. Also, black is slimming. <laughs> it's really flattering. Yeah. Got a red lightsaber. <laughs> that's like a power move. The red and black. Yeah. I don't have Han Solo listed just because we've only met him. Yeah. So I don't really know. But I feel like down the track he'll probably creep up to one of my favourites. But yeah, I've got Luke. He's he nice. Would, you would have Luke. He's goofy. Yeah, he's, he's nice. He's, he's down to he's earth. He's a good lead. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like the whiny boy next door. If you yeah, he's got the boy next planet. door kind of vibe. Yeah. I said that he kind of acts like the 16-year-old lead of a cheesy Disney teen movie who's sick of their small town and just wants to get out and find themselves. But, I mean, aren't we all? Yeah, that's basically it. That's yeah. really, that was literally me at 16 and beyond. That's me currently. That's really realistic. Yeah, yeah so I get it. He's relatable. <laughs> <laughs> I also think, even though I was kind of being hard on Mark Hamill's acting before, I think he has a naturally likable on-screen presence. Oh, yeah. And so that really comes out in the role of Luke. Also, I said he wears karate robes and like a dressing gown constantly, and I appreciate someone who values comfort Comfort. over fashion. Yeah. But he wears it fashionably. He does. He wears it with pride and he makes it a look. Yeah. He's not like, I just rolled out of bed. He said, I got up and I made an active choice to wear this today, and you're going to respect that and take me seriously. Yeah. And I point, like, I guess Princess Leia. 
just because, I mean, we don't know much about her, but we know that she puts herself on the line as an undercover spy to fight against the Empire from the inside. Mm. And she wants to harness the power of the Death Star and be a pioneer for the Rebels. And uh, honestly, I thought that's a sentence I would never say because that's a lot of words. That's a lot of Star Wars uh, terminology. Yeah, exactly. I'm proud. A few hours ago, it would have meant nothing to me. But um, yeah, I think she's kind of ahead of her time. A little feminist. Feminist icon. Yeah. Exactly. She's only said like three words so far. She has more lines. I would hope. Yeah. I would definitely hope. Let's not silence the woman. <laughs> but yeah, no, I guess she's probably up there. And okay, even though we were just talking about Elsie <laughs> sucks i i have such a love-hate relationship with c-3po because super annoying but also yeah a total meme ridiculous and therefore like funny yeah big energy right there it is yeah and moving on least favorite characters well obviously you gotta have stormtroopers oh yeah 100 they're, they're, they're basically useless yeah they're just they're mean for no reason i said brainless minions working for the worst guy on earth they can't shoot either yeah, they're just just inept, brainless minions. Yeah. They're the Manson children to Darth Vader's Charles Manson. You're not wrong. And then I know this goes against one of your favourite characters, but I, I mean, I put Darth Vader <laughs> as the least favourite character. Uh, of course, yeah. Yeah. As you do. At the moment, he, he just sucks. He may get more complicated later. We may learn more about his backstory based on what I've picked up from popular culture. We do learn more about his backstory. Um, but at the moment, yeah, he has no redeeming qualities. For starters, he's a mass murderer. We love a mass murderer. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, he gets the job done, but yeah. the job does happen to be killing a bunch of people, so, you know, I'm conflicted. That's um, kind of fun. That kind of quirky, quirky. kind yeah. of spicy. But mainly, I hate heavy breathers. <laughs> I hate it. And he's very much one of them. Every scene, he just heavily breathes through his, like, thick black mask. I don't need to hear it. Like, I really don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that. Like, while you breathe, cool bro saying. It's not something to brag about. It's just the bare minimum of human existence. Guy. Yeah, just, like, keep it to yourself, bro. Yeah. And my last least favourite character is very controversial. Watch you lose so many followers. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's going to stop listening right now. And fair. But Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay, hear me out. As a character, not a single problem. Honestly, I find the fact that he's like this mystical mentor who takes himself really seriously. I find that kind of funny. I like that. I enjoy it. Whenever he whips out the force, love it. Mm. Crowd pleaser. From an audience perspective, I'm a fan. But I'm just saying, in real life, if some random old white guy I just met followed me around, demanded to be my mentor, and acted like he knew everything about the entire universe, I would not be here for it. He's kind of like a crackhead. He really, really is. I mean, first of all, we don't know each other. Stranger danger. You just, you don't trust a guy like that. And number two, I've been patronized by the patriarchy enough. <laughs> like, bro, why don't you not mansplain the whole galaxy to me? I get that you're old and wise, but that can also mean you're old and therefore irrelevant. Maybe try listening and learning for a change. That's all I'm saying. I mean, maybe. Yeah, that's just my hot 21st century millennial take on Obi-Wan Kenobi. And this is for me, I guess, because I haven't seen it, but storylines I think will be expanded upon or would want to be expanded upon or what yeah. I want to see more or less of. I'll let, I'll let you know if you're on the right path. Okay. So, I mean, questions I have, obviously, will the rebel spies defeat the Empire? Will they destroy the Death Star and take down Darth Vader? Will they successfully save Princess Leia? You have confirmed I that have they confirmed do. That, yeah. But anyway, I think all the answers to we'll the above will be yes. Yeah. I think you heard it here first. Call me Raven Smart. <laughs> 
okay, I have to be honest, this isn't me calling out what's gonna happen, like me just guessing, but because I'm a person who's existed in the universe for the past 22 years, I have heard that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Damn. I could have lied and said, I'm just getting the vibes from this film, but like, yeah. no, I know. But there was a hint. I wrote it down about 25 minutes in, his uncle and auntie are having a conversation about Luke and his auntie's like, he has too much of his father in him. To which his uncle says, that's what I'm afraid of. Why would he be afraid of that? Obviously because his father is the galaxy's biggest threat and mega villain. Mm. He Foreshadowing. Big foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. Also, when Obi-Wan is talking about the Force, he talks about how one of his former pupils harnessed it for evil and then also mentions that Luke's father was one of his pupils. So, coincidence? I think not. I think not. Exactly. He does say that the student who harnesses the Force for evil murdered Luke's father, but I think we all know Obi was just trying to throw him off the scent. A classic misdirect. Also, he was saying that, like, when he became Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker died. Oh, Darth, so, like, his soul died when he became evil. The, when, yeah, so basically he's become bad. He's not, he can never become Anakin again. Gotcha. Okay, this is just like Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> when Angel loses his soul and becomes Angelus. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I should have said that. There we go. Now it makes perfect sense. Um, And then this is a question for you. What have you noticed in your most recent watch of it? Like, what things have you noticed since you saw it for the first time? Um, obviously because I've seen all Star Wars. Like, yeah, rewatching it again. Obviously I'm picking up on things like I just said. Anakin Skywalker was dead when he became Darth Vader. Yeah. There's also, like, a lot of, like, I guess if you're, like, a fan of styles and have a cult following, you pick up more things. Yeah, like little Easter eggs. Yeah. Well, after episode three, mm -hmm. R2-D2's memory was supposed to be white. So that's why in the film he's like, I gotta find Obi-Wan Kenobi, my old master. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. There's also stuff like that, which I obviously didn't know when I was younger. Yeah, for sure. But now, upon a rewatch, it stands out. Yeah. Okay, moving on to most problematic moments. I do always have this in brackets, if applicable, so yeah. not necessarily, but it is made in 1977, so perhaps there's something problematic about it. Have you got Obviously, anything? there's like the sexualization of Leia mm -hmm. in this I, film as well, and also yeah. continuing. I haven't seen that much of it yet. Halfway through, she doesn't really feature that much, but I know there's like the gold bikini thing, right? Yeah, but it's, it's on that movie. It's in okay. the last movie of that trilogy. Right. So there's that as well. Also, like, Offset, uh, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, relationship, kind of like the grooming situation, because Gary was younger than him by a couple of years, mm. which is kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, the actor that played C-3PO and the actor that played R2-D2 hated each other. Really? Yeah. They, they didn't get along. Stop. That's so funny. Yeah, they didn't get along. How did they even meet? Like, weren't they in a recording? Oh my god. No, no, no. So in the movie, they're actually in the suits. That's so funny. I just assumed that they were... No. Right. So I'm pretty sure in the first trilogy, it's the actors. Obviously, it'll be robots and newer ones. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh yeah. my god. That actually just made the movie ten times better for me. Yeah, so I I said, like, weirdly, even though it's made in 1977, there aren't really problematic moments. Yeah. It's stars, you know, a smart, brave, feminist lead who we don't see much of. Yet. Yet. But I appreciate the fact that she's there. And yeah, I guess the fact that she's captured and needs saving by a couple of men is annoying, but, you know, it's 1977. I'll give them a break. And she's not, like, a helpless, deathly yeah, distress, like yeah. I said. She can hold her own. Yeah. And also, C-3PO and R2-D2 are essentially in the same position at one point when they're captured by the Jawas and <laughs> sold to Luke Skywalker. Um, so it's not just females who are depicted as victims. It's male androids too. Yeah. Equality. Yeah, if everyone's a victim, no one is. 
exactly. Um, but yeah, I also found something problematic about the film, the behind the scenes of when they were making it on Wikipedia. Reliable um, source. Reliable source. Yeah. I wouldn't have got through high school without it. But when, yeah, when I was doing my Star Wars research, I read that Carrie Fisher was cast on the condition that she lose 10 pounds for the role. Disgusting. Absolutely not. But it's kind of like Marvel films now where they go to a male lead or female lead, you have to be jacked. I get, I guess. But th- is that mainly for like endurance while filming? When you think of superhero, you think of like a dad bod, you think of like jacked. Ugh, I don't like it. And I was like, yeah, were Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford cast under the same conditions? Probably no. not, yeah. And that, rightly so, they shouldn't have been and neither should she because no one should be forced by a studio to make their physical appearance look more marketable. She probably got paid less as well. Of course she would have. <laughs> the glass ceiling nowhere near close to being shattered even now. Justice for Carrie. Oh yeah, and this is annoying, but speaking of problematic body-related issues... Oh god, here we go. In the beginning, C-3PO calls R2-D to an overweight glob of grease, and I'm just not here for that android fat shaming. Sure, he's an android, but we don't know what kind of body image issues he has. He, he could be harboring anything, so... Exactly. Do better, C-3PO. I'm kidding, I hate myself. Movie God, what category of viewing is it? I've got three laid out. So there's trash, meaning that it's an actually terrible movie, really poorly made, really poorly executed. Treasure, meaning it's phenomenal, really well written, really well acted, really well produced, all of the above. Or guilty pleasure, meaning I'm into it, I'm genuinely hooked, but I feel a bit guilty about it because it's not the best. Mostly for me, it's like treasure. I would be shocked if it weren't. (laughs) I mean, it's been my OG since I was like four, so... Yeah, that makes sense. It's gotta it's got stay. Nostalgic yeah. ties, that kind of thing. I am honestly and potentially controversially torn between guilty pleasure and treasure. Not trash, it's not trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At all. It's not the world's best or most sophisticated movie. Oh no, I agree. And especially because I am watching it through a 21st century lens, it's definitely aged. Yep. But it's fun and it doesn't take itself seriously and it's not trying to be anything that it isn't. Yeah. So within the genre it's in, definitely treasure. And obviously without saying it's become an international treasure and mega hit. Mm. So that's why I'm conflicted and I honestly can't pick a category. I just, I don't know. You're sitting in between. I'm sitting in between. I'm straddling the divide. Until you've seen the whole first trilogy. Yeah, and then I'll, maybe I'll become invested. I'll be, what are Star Wars fans called? Star hits? I honestly don't think we have a name. Oh my god. I don't, I don't know. Star Warriors? No. Saber Sisters? Saber Sisters? <laughs> no. Let's, let's start it. And then, yeah, viewing style. Who would we watch it with? Where would we watch it? Who would we not watch it with? What's, like, the least and most ideal viewing circumstance? I feel like you can watch it with anyone, really. Yeah, I said that as well. Doesn't really matter where. Yeah. Because also a film that you can put on and, like, talk to people and then jump back in and still know what's happening. Exactly, or, yeah. Or, like, pick, it, pick up on what's happening quickly. Yeah, I put that as well. I said, yeah, broad audience. Um, <laughs> I laughed because on Disney+, Plus it's rated PG purely because it contains tobacco use. <laughs> so I think that tells you all you need to know. Like, it's appropriate for everyone. If you have kids, put it on. They're not going to be scared. The special effects are outdated. They're not going to actually be terrified by the lightsabers. And Scary. Yeah, it, <laughs> it'll be fine. I said, yeah, most ideal circumstances, like, fun Friday night in. Some friends, some Uber Eats. I recommend dumplings. Mm. Some drinks. Maybe a few. Maybe a few. That's a good time. Yeah. And yeah, it's a movie you can have on the in the background and talk through. But it's also interesting enough to hold your attention if you're with boring people. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I said least ideal. Probably someone who takes it really seriously. Someone who's like a very into film. 
I guess that's kind of ironically what I'm doing now. Yeah, sure. um, I'm literally critiquing it on a podcast. But I'm thinking someone more who actually knows what they're talking about and will start like looking for metaphors where there aren't any and then like criticize oh, yeah, the movie yeah. for not having enough of rising action or light and shade or I don't know, something stupid. The but, soundtrack was, wasn't as great. <laughs> yeah, no, it was discordant in parts. Like, oh my god, what do you think you're watching? Just like suck it up, have a good time. And will I keep going with the rest of the film? When you first watched it, were you ever considering <laughs> only watching half and calling it a day? Off, no. Yeah. No, absolutely. I was like, you gotta watch all of it. Yeah, you're into it immediately. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You wanna know what happens. Exactly. So yeah, I said, sure, why not? It's fun. Am I dying to know what happens next? Like, I absolutely need to know the end of the plot. Not exactly just because I feel like I could probably pick what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I'd still like to see what happens next. Like, I'm down. I'm along for the ride. However, will I watch the rest of the franchise? I don't know. Only Not because I'm not enjoying the film, just because it sounds like a trek and a big commitment. It there are lots big, of movies. It is a big commitment. Yeah. Maybe I'd just watch whatever you would recommend the best ones are and then... Go from there. Yeah. The prequels are apparently bad, right? Prequels are bad, but Revenge of the Sith is the best because obviously Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Right, that whole juicy... Exactly. Yeah, nugget. Out of the new movies, probably Rogue One because it's in between episode three... Amelia Clark's in that one? No, it's Han Solo. It's got, um... Daisy Ridley. Lissity Jones. Ah, okay. Rogue One's in between episode three and episode four. And yeah, final question. Rating out of five... I have a feeling it's going to be pretty high. Probably 4.5. Okay, solid. Yeah, I, I put 3.5. So pretty good. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Over that's half. A, is it the best movie ever made? No, but I like it. And while I may not necessarily agree with all of the hype, I definitely understand the hype. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. I'm also very aware that I'm viewing it through a 22-year-old 21st century lens. But if I watched the movie when I was younger, completely different story. It would have popped off. Definitely would have been a game changer. So even though I'm watching it now, I'm still enjoying it. And if you are somehow like me and have never seen it, hit up Disney+. Plus, Give it a watch. Or just... It. Just one, two, three movies. Yeah. Hit that up. Just so that you can feel a part of the cultural phenomenon. Exactly. And I think that's pretty much all we have for you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Fran. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. And sharing your Star Wars expertise mm. with the listeners at home, aka my parents. And I... Donna's gonna love this. Donna, Alistair, shout out. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next week, where I will review something I, as always, have not picked yet. <laughs> talk to you then. Bye. Bye.